0: To what's good under the hood? All right, I've been told to let her rip. Here we go, another episode of What's Good Under the Hood. Rob Sanders, of Fox Radio Sports, Fox Sports Radio fourteen hundred. We're off a great <laughs> you that up, Did you? And from Mazda what? of Columbia, I will not goof this up. The owner of Mazda of Columbia, our friend Greg Hood. What's good under the hood, dude? Uh Rob
1: may not be able to find his studio now because you messed it up so bad he'll be somewhere else.
0: <laughs> I'm looking for Fox News Robs in the dark whatever. We can't see you. Hardly. Yeah, yeah he's these good-looking uh, devil. Yeah. Good-looking. Yeah,
2: I'm trying, I'm trying to be right. I'm trying to be like I'm a short guy so I can't be tall dark and mysterious so I'm just going to be mysterious short dark and, and, and mysterious short.
0: yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> pretty- I think we're going to lead with this question today because I find it interesting as well. In alum, Is the aluminum shortage from our friends in China going to affect the ability to buy a car here in the U.S. of A.? Man, do you have to be Debbie Downer? You know, the
1: the everything's a shortage right now. But, yeah, you know, and, and here's what it's from. It's from lack of magnesium, which is used to make. Uh, transmissions and cases and all that kind of stuff. And also, I guess it goes into making aluminum. But the problem is they're not having a shortage of the material. It was something I alluded to. I think it was in last week's podcast that the Chinese are having an energy problem. So if they can't, they're shutting down plants because they don't have the energy to run. Because remember, I said I I did talk about the coal uh, that they had the deal with Australia that fell apart. And anyway, so they're having all these problems. And, yeah, there's going to be one more thing that hits us in the forehead. So it feels like we just can't win no matter what. And we're just sitting here waiting for it. We want to pay for it. You guys want a car, but they're not delivering.
2: Can I, can I ask you a question, Greg? And and, you, and I'm going to share something with the audience here. And, um, look, if you see me in public, I'm not going to show it to you. But if you look at my lower back, <laughs> I have an American flag tattoo <laughs> on my lower back. Well, because thought I thought you going
0: look- to say you had a butterfly yeah. tattoo. No sir, that's a different place. place.
2: I, I want everyone to know that I am USA, absolutely all the way. I mean, Hulk Hogan was my hero when I was a kid. Him and Sergeant Slaughter before he got with the Iraqis. My question to you, sir: Why are we buying aluminum from China? Can't we have some an American aluminum in our cars? Is that that far fetched?
1: Well, it all revolves around economics. I mean, all those decisions were made by somebody a long time ago of where they're getting what they're getting. You know, we had a the previous administration was trying to bring things home and they had a different take on how it was done. I do think that um, I do think that with a world economy that a lot of companies, big companies did not quite protect themselves maybe as well as they should because everything was flowing everything was working the way it was supposed to and they're thinking hey this is a good deal and we're getting cheaper labor we're getting cheaper materials and so they'll head to where it's less money but does that mean they won't move no they will and you know economies drive that and there may be other places whether it be america or somewhere else where they can get uh, the materials they need the problem is there's a ramp up in that so if even if you know say they wanted to buy you know, materials from Canada, and I don't even know they could deliver it, but they would have to ramp up to the capacity that they need. So there's going to be a gap in that no matter what we do. So, you know, there are um, consequences for all those choices that companies make, that we make, in the stuff that we buy and where it comes from. I mean, I'm American, and I'm proud to be an American, um, and I sell a Japanese car, so now go figure. But they are making them in uh america as well so it's not they're not just being made in japan and but so that once aluminum. again that that makes it a blended economy for us for them for everybody in the world what was your question andy i forgot you said <laughs>
0: what is that, that vape <laughs> that you're hitting is it just a, <laughs> if you forgot that so quick i'm not saying that wow but we don't make uh, aluminum in in the united states of america no, I think we
1: do but I don't think we make much of it. I mean you go back to wasn't it Reynolds <laughs> aluminum? I believe I'm mean, listen, I'm not an expert on on metal, but I'm I know they made it here at one point, but I'm pretty sure Reynolds aluminum was making it in the United States but you know they'll they'll move. I mean they do they have people that sit around and figure out whether it's economical to
0: go elsewhere to do what they do and make as much money as they can. that's business. So like you said, there's going to be a ramp up time to get this stuff back together. Does that mean next year is going to be tough like this year has said or has been in the auto industry? Reports are saying that it's going to be like that. Yeah,
1: you know, I I hope not. I hope that we get back to some kind of uh, normalcy. I hate saying that term, the new normal, because that's not the new normal. The normal for us is being innovators and um pushing forward. And when we meet challenges, we figure out a ways to go around or go through them, not go around them or maybe go around them a little. But we are we as a country are very resilient. So we will find solutions to it. Um, but, you know, I don't control manufacturing thoughts and costs and um, sourcing and all that stuff. But if, if, if China is the predominant player in that market, um, then it will shift somewhere else but then they also have to do a calculation of how soon will china be able to get back on their feet if that's their major supplier and if they're able to make it for a lot less money than they would in i don't know i mean i used the word malaysia last year but our last podcast maybe that's a place where they can make it i don't know but there's if if their if their energy comes back where they're uh, able to have their plants open up again and it's cheaper than the other place then they would invest all that money And then have to shut it down. So they're they're trying to figure it out. I'm sure.
0: But we're not seeing a shortage. We're not seeing a shortage in in soda pop cans in Coke, Pepsi, well, Lehigh orange soda cans. You may. I mean, this is just warming up.
1: This is just now happening where the electrical grid over there is having problems where they're shutting it down. So, you know, in in China, the government can make that decision. Bam, you're shut down. So my mom is out visiting me, and she called me this morning and said, hey, uh, the power just went off. And I knew the bill was paid, so I was pretty good there. <laughs> but I did double-check just to make sure, and it did. But, you know, they were out tree trimming, and but they didn't bother to tell me. And they probably should have notified me that they were going to turn off the power. But uh, anyway, my mom was without power for 20 minutes. But can you imagine living in a country where the government decides uh, when you're going to have it? And they don't care whether you're cooking dinner. They're not interested. They shut it down and you get shut down. And if you have a business and your business can't run, done run. So it's just that simple.
2: That's, so, that's I, why I have an American like flag in my lower back. That's exactly why. Don't yeah. put up with that here. It's about freedom.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. Fireworks going off in Rob's office. Like
2: Fireworks. right. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> yep.
1: All
0: right. What else you got? Players, <laughs> Rob. Rob, you got anything or do you want me to continue no, no, on no. cuz i have another i do have another question okay. working working in auto plant now becoming a job nobody wants is that is that a kind of a labor nobody wants to do is that, people are quitting their jobs by the millions nowadays is putting these no. things together going to be i don't know hard it all object? that
1: also revolves around economics i promise you that if uh they pay anybody enough money they'll do the job so i'm not i you know i'm hearing a lot of stuff about the millions of people that are not are bailing out of the workforce and I still for the life of me can't figure out why because the money is not flowing right now from the government in terms of um stimulus money or you know the from the covid that that money's long dried up so I don't understand uh why everybody's uh, finding the exit at their job um there is a shortage of labor there's no doubt we're seeing it everywhere i did see an article this morning i thought was kind of weird that a guy was um applied for 20 jobs where they said they were hiring. And these were, you know, jobs that were just basic labor jobs that he was qualified for. And he said out of 20, I think he said six or seven called him and one, only one scheduled an interview with him. And that was a labor job and it was 10 bucks an hour. And he went to the interview and they offered him 850 or whatever the minimum wage was for a month until they could see if he worked out to pay him 10. I thought that was rather interesting. Because eight fifty isn't much, and uh, but you know that I don't. I it is you know economies of scale. It's how things work, and if if somebody uh, you know pays enough, they can get somebody to work in their factory. And I don't, I don't think a factory job is a bad job uh, working in a in an automotive plant. So I'm well, not sure you have the we're here. and all that.
0: You have the well, unions all, and all that take care of you.
1: Not all of them are union. Uh, the ones you know up in Detroit are, but I don't. I'm not even sure the BMW plant here in South Carolina is a union plant. I don't think it is. So, you know, yeah. there's, there are some, I know the ones down in Alabama are not, or I'm pretty sure, I don't want to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're not. So, yeah. But they still pay a good wage. I mean, I guarantee those jobs are over 20 bucks an hour. And when you're living in a place where it's pretty inexpensive to live, um, you know, they don't, if you notice, they didn't put plants in the middle of Los Angeles. You know because you can't they couldn't afford the real estate and they couldn't afford the labor and uh, but you know they put them out in alabama where it's more rural and it's cheaper and um, and they have a pretty good labor force and they can get the job done so i'm not hearing us having a problem of uh finding people to make cars that that has not been a subject that has hit
0: us in the forehead at mazda well that's good news it is so i guess the answer to that question is is no it's not going to be something that we're dealing with so. I, think, I think i think
1: i think they'll solve it you know and i and money will solve everything when it comes to that i think they'll solve that issue if if they are having a problem you know if they're paying 20 and and they can't get anybody they'll start bumping it up and maybe it's 25 is that tipping point that gets people to work and i don't know what their scale is but um i i'm sure they'll work it out but there is a downside to that and it it's a pass through it ends up Somewhere else, it ends up in the cost of a vehicle and no or less incentives or whatever it is, whatever calculation they do.
2: Makes yeah, sense. Do you think that the, the labor shortage could eventually hit the consumer in, in the back pocket where, you know, like like right now, it seems like people are holding onto their cars. But if you get to a point where you're going to buy a new car, I mean, obviously, if they're paying them more, I mean, somebody's got to, to pay for that. Does that end up eventually getting back to the customer?
1: absolutely I mean it definitely flows through when taxes go up it, it ends up in the customer uh, to the consumer I I I can't remember what the press secretary's name is that redhead but she said that made the comment that she didn't understand why they're claiming that taxes increases would affect the cost of goods Jen pasaki yeah thank you I just had a sure. uh, brain freeze there but anytime I can help thank you you're the best but you know it it does I mean I'm a businessman so I understand. What happens if if there's an expense there? We don't just suffer through the expense. We're going to have to either make more gross profit to offset that those uh, costs in order to be profitable. We're we're just not going to do this for fun. Um, you know, we are not a tax write off of five hundred one c three. We're a for profit company, and most companies are. So you have to wait to do it, but have to do it. But there's a there is a pass through to that. You asked me a question. Uh, earlier rob we were talking about uh the um this proposal of th- a trillion dollars whether it's a trillion or the three and a half trillion that they're trying to pass and how it impacted mm-hmm. the car business what was the question you yeah. asked me
2: the question was um that basically when you uh when you look at it from the things that I've read they're the way it's going to affect some cars, there's going to be different safety measures that are going to be put into cars and emissions and things like that. I mean, eventually that's going to all come back to the consumer. I would think.
1: It certainly will. Yeah. So that particular uh, bill that they were trying to pass as a, um, I don't think it was part of the budget. I think it's that supplemental thing that they're trying to do. And it was 3.5 trillion. Then it was down to a trillion. And I don't know where they're at in and I'm not really paying attention to that, but, they, as part of that bill, they were talking about requiring automotive manufacturers to do uh, certain standards. And um, they had to do with um, safety as well as uh, environmental stuff. And when it comes to safety issues, they were talking about putting in, you know, the uh, autonomous driving stuff where, you know, it stops the car for you if you're gonna get in a wreck or that, you know, it has lane control. And that stuff isn't bad. And, you know, the manufacturer, this is my opinion I'm going to give you. It's, I mean, this is obviously an opinion forum here, but it's just me talking. It's not my uh, manufacturer, my company. But, you know, these these manufacturers went out and developed some of these safety items. And I, I know a lot of people out there now have cars where if you're going to rear in somebody, it, it hits the brakes for you. And that's pretty darn cool. But there's an expense to that, you know. And so if you're out and you're trying to buy a uh, car for your uh, kid, or you're trying to, or you're on a real severe budget, and you're going to buy a Mazda three, or you want to buy a Toyota Corolla or a Yaris or whatever they're selling. That I don't know what the cheap stuff is. There, you know, you're you're facing, um, you know, costs in that car and trying to buy it. That it, if you put too much stuff in it, you know, they're unobtainium. You people can't afford to buy them. So the government has a tendency to think. Oh well, because I say it, well, you should do this, uh, Nave. You take care of this and put it in there. Well, it costs something. It costs a manufacturer something. You know they've already done the research and development, and they were doing it to help save us and to do good things. But that doesn't mean that it's affordable to everybody. Now, if every car has it, just through economies of scale, there, it costs of those items will probably come down a little bit. But if it costs a thousand bucks to put that system in a car. Okay, so it comes down to $800, but there's $18 a month in your payment because most people don't pay cash for a car. They're going to make a payment. So it severely impacts all of us. And, you know, when we sit and negotiate with customers all the time about, you know, trying to not put a square peg in a round hole to put them in the right car for the right money and the right payment, the right price and all that. And, and when you, get $18 here and $20 get $18 here and $20 there and $30 here because the government says you got to have this, 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 and this. Now all of a sudden you're talking about 60 bucks or $55 a month. Listen to a lot of people, $55 a month makes a difference of whether they're, you know, eating uh, spaghetti or top ramen. You know, they're both made out of some kind of pasta, but one's a whole lot better than the other.
0: So or drinking Tito's or Svetka. That's a big choice, too. You know what? That is so, so correct. See, it is. You drink it the is. cheap stuff. I do. Um, but you after know. the first three or four, you don't really know. You don't really know just the difference. Well, so how do we trick people in the car business then? <laughs> <laughs> Give them well, we'll work on that. In the next episode, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna we're going to delve into what Greg, what inspired Greg to get into the car dealer business, into the car business. That should be good. What's good under the hood? Greg Hood. Rob Sanders and me, Andy Woods, thanks for listening and or watching. Once again, if you're only listening, you can check it out on the Mazda of Columbia YouTube channel.